episode 108 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark Durow, and I'm joined as usual by co-host and friend Brad Brown. What's up, man? Hey, man. I am doing really well. How about yourself? Doing all right. We are absent Jonathan this week. He is deep, deep in sermon study prep. That's right. And needed some extra time this week. Yeah. So we obliged and said, hey, man, you that's really important. That's right. That's I, really important. I went to his office. It was like a beautiful mind. Just yep. papers everywhere. Of course. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, it's nice to be indoors. It's nice to be in air conditioning. It's nice to be enjoying the technology of microphones and sound clips and all of that because... Uh, this past weekend, John Mark, we didn't have any of that. We did not. You're exactly right. We were in the woods. In the woods. Week. In the woods. We ventured out to a place where there is nothing except for bathrooms and showers and walking distance, and our car is about 20 feet away. That's right. We had a camping trip with the men of Shades Valley and a few of the dads brought their children along That's as well right. and yeah. we had a we had kind of rented a nice little campsite mm-hmm. oak mountain reserved i guess reserved would be the right term reserved, reserved a little it, yep. campsite area out at oak mountain state park on friday and it was actually really nice like friday night weather was good uh it got down to like 58 degrees that night so it wasn't wasn't overly hot our tents didn't get crazy hot it did get pretty warm the next day though but man yeah. we just had a great time we everybody brought their own food some people cooked hamburgers some people cooked hot dogs over the open fire we had s'mores some people did pour over coffee yes uh some people brought a steak i saw brad who did that and and made a steak man so wow that was that's, that was pretty crazy that's insane jm what was the highlight of the trip for you well it was my son's first camping trip, Moses, oh, wow. he's seven, and so outside of us camping in our backyard, this was like his first big camping trip that we did overnight, and it was awesome, man. I Just, just to see how much fun he was having, he was playing with all the other kids and just, just had an awesome time with him. So we, got, we went fishing, and we went on a little hike, hot dogs, s'mores, just, I mean, really, when you're, when you're in that environment, we were talking about this the other day, Brad, but... When you're in that environment and you don't have your cell phones around mm-hmm. and you don't have natural light, like when it gets dark, yep, you just gather around the fire. There's nothing else That's to right. do. You just hang out with each other, and that was really really cool. Um, yeah, to just hang out with people and yeah, because you get done eating at like six thirty. <laughs> yeah, and you're uh, like, well, there's not much else to do after. What that. are we gonna do? I guess we'll just sit around and talk. Yeah, so I stayed up till midnight that Man. night, hanging out with Jeff Stallcup and. You brought the gu- you brought the guitar out too. Bro- we didn't the guitar. we didn't have music to listen to, so you created music. That's right. That's, That's cool. right. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I got to have some conversations with people that I didn't really know that well, yeah. or hadn't really gotten to talk to before. Some old shades people, some new shades people. So mm-hmm. love yeah. that. I mean, AJ said that it was like his favorite camping trip that he's been on. I love with, it with shades people. So yeah, that was awesome. Man. I definitely see really us doing time. it again. We definitely need to do it yeah. again. Yeah. So for two sure. thumbs up for camping. <laughs> you heard it here from Brad Brown. Yeah, 
things are slowing down a little bit here at Shades just in general. You know, we got past Easter. That's right. And we celebrated just really hardcore, just went all out for Easter. And so now we're kind of on the back end of that, heading into the summer. Things are starting to slow down a bit. Um, so it was nice to kind of have the little ca- the camping trip going right. on. And maybe we have some other fun things planned for the coming months. But, um, yeah. well, I'll tell you. Let's go to JM's album of the week. I got some yeah. exciting things to Speaking share. Speaking of everyone. camping, to share with everyone. JM's album of the week. Surely the Lord understands me. Surely. Of my heart become the words on my tongue. Surely the Lord understands me. Where can I go? Where can I stay? Where you all know. That's right. The album of the week this week is the fourth and final single from Shades, the project that. I've been a part of for the last few years. This song's called In My Wandering, and this is one of my favorites off the record. Um, it was written by Jeremy, myself, John Ball, and you, Brad, as well. And we released this single last Friday. I'm just really excited about it, which means that this being the last single, that there's only one thing left to come out, and that is the What's that? that's the full length album wow. called Wanderings by Shades. Hey, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. Christmas so, comes early. So here's what's going on, everybody. So here's what's up. Here's how you can help. Here's what you can do. Um, I'm just gonna let that play in the background. The album comes out on April 29th. That's this Friday, April 29th. It's available on streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music. Title, Deezer, Amazon Music, several, pretty much all the streaming platforms. Okay, so that's one way you can help is just stream, add it to your library, share it with others on Instagram, just listen to the album. We hope that you enjoy the music. There's a couple of other ways that you can support. You can go to our Bandcamp page. If you've never heard of Bandcamp before, it's a really cool website uh, for musicians a lot of them indie musicians, but some actual bigger artists use the platform as well. We are selling the digital files, like the digital album, on Bandcamp. So if it's before April 29th, you can go and pre-order that right now, and you will get an exclusive single that has not been released yet. So you can get that a couple of days before everything comes out. But you can buy that. We also have a T-shirt for sale. That's hey. right. We have a Shades hey t-shirt you can purchase this through our website shadesongs.com you can purchase it through bandcamp shadesongs.bandcamp.com this the t-shirt sells really is just a way to help support shades and and really give us something to use to record more music it it takes financial uh, stability to record music. You have to have some sort of money, currency, 
uh, dollar amount that you can pay people to play on your record, to mix your record, to master it. And so buying a T-shirt, getting something in return could help us tremendously in continuing to make music and release it. Okay, so that's another way that you could help. You can also buy it on the iTunes store. You can buy the album on the iTunes store if you want to do that, if you still are interested in buying a digital music. So cool. please share the album on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever social media medium that you prefer to use. It just helps to get the word out to people that aren't aware that we're putting out music. And hopefully we have some more exciting things planned that we're going to be announcing in the coming weeks as well. But that's kind of what's happening right now. We're just excited to get the album out. Um, oh, one other thing. We will be on, we will be making an appearance. Uh, a friend of mine named John Walden, who is a radio DJ, uh, he's been on Christian radio for quite a long time. He used to be on WDJC. He used to have like an evening show here in Birmingham. Oh, wow. Well, he's, uh, several years ago, he started his own radio station called Revocation Radio where he plays a lot of music that would not normally get played on Christian radio per se. You know, He's going to have us on next Thursday. What is that going to be? He's going to have me, Jeremy, and John Ball live in, live in the studio, actually live, on May 5th. Uh, Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And we're going to talk about the album and we're going to play, right. pl- play a lot of songs off the album. So Revocation Radio, John Walden. Yeah, be listening. Love it. Be on the lookout for that. Super excited. So there's a lot of other fun things planned, but we really appreciate all the support and all the love that we've received so far with uh, just these singles coming out. We hope you get a T-shirt. We hope you are blessed and enjoy the music. So, yeah. Yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, a little change of pace for today. We're going to head down to the email corner. Now, this is kind of weird because we're going to combine two segments. So, we we received an email from Mr. Connor Gaeta, Sir Connor Gaeta, who's a member here at Shades Valley and a favorite of the email corridor. A favorite. And he wrote in an email... And Brad's going to read that for us. Uh, so why don't you why don't you jump into that real quick? Yeah, well, the email is titled Bradford's Book Club Recommendation. Wow. Yes, this is a Shades Midweek first Bradford's Book Club and the email corridor inside the email corridor. We're teaming up together to bring you a special segment. I didn't know that Bradford's Book Club was in the email corridor, but here we found it. And here we are. We truly are better together. So I am so excited on Bradford's Book Club inside the email corridor to have a special guest, Connor Gaeta. This is what Connor says, and this is his book recommendation. He says, I've enjoyed hearing Brad's recommendations for biblically-centered children's books during his segment on the podcast. Wow, that really stands out to me, how he enjoys hearing my recommendations. He wrote, I want to throw another one in the mix that I've been loving recently. A few days ago, I got my copy of The Biggest Story Bible Storybook by Kevin DeYoung, and I can confirm that it's amazing. It is a child-friendly, concise, and faithful account of redemptive history 
supported by beautiful illustrations from Don Clark. In fact, this is what initially drew me to the book. In the world of graphic design, Don Clark and his Seattle-based studio, Invisible Creature, are household names and have worked for major clients such as Lego, Disney, Target, Nike, NASA, Reach Records, and others. When I saw Crossway was releasing a book that featured Don's work, I was immediately interested. Specifically, what I appreciate about this book is its thoughtful combination of biblical truths and artistically ambitious visuals. I love seeing Christian excellence in graphic design, and Don Clark slash his studio are great examples of this. Additionally, this is something that I appreciate about Crossway's publishing ministry as a whole. More than any other Christian publisher I've seen, Crossway is extremely design-forward without being juvenile or corny. Their books are always elegantly designed and considered. All that to say, I strongly recommend purchasing the biggest Bible storybook by Kevin DeYoung. Whether you are 5 or 23, this book has something for you. Much love, Connor Gaeta, Jacksonville State University, MFA student, art department, teaching assistant. Wow. Connor, what a lovely recommendation and what great background info. If you like Crossways Publishing, Connor, I would also encourage you to check out Lexum Press. I would love to hear your thoughts on their graphic design. I've appreciated how they have an ancient future kind of vibe to them. I think they do that well. But check it out. The biggest story Bible storybook. It's hard to say. It's hard to say fast. The biggest story Bible storybook by Kevin DeYoung. Wow, what a first. If you want to email into us, just email midweek at shadesvalley.org. We will read your email. We will respond to it in an episode, and it will just be a lot of fun for everybody. That's right. Fun for the whole family. It's always fun. Thank you, Connor, for writing in. For our first ever Bradford's Book Club email corridor mashup. Wow. So many feelings on the inside. Well, I'm excited today because Brad has recorded an interview that I heard uh, snippets of earlier. Um, He actually sat down with Brooke Primo and a special guest. So we are going to just go straight to that now. We hope you enjoy this interview. Well, I am very excited because live... In Stream Studio, I have two people with me today. The first is sitting in the co-host seat, Jonathan Hafe's seat, and that is our fearless children's leader, Brooke Primo. Brooke, can I just say that I am so excited to have you in the co-host seat. How are you feeling? I feel good. I've been using Jonathan's... uh Jonathan Edwards coaster here, and I feel very pastoral yes. in this chair. You know, I asked Brooke, out of all the, the pastors on staff here, which one do you think would have theologian coasters? And she, without hesitating, said... Jonathan. Jonathan. No pause. She, she nailed it. <laughs> exactly. But Brooke is not the only one that I have in the studio today. I, we also have, joining with us, a name that might not be familiar to Summit Shades, Emily Grace Ames. Emily, thank you so much for coming in the podcast today. Woo-hoo. Thank you for having me. Yay! Yay. 
As always, film before a live studio audience. <laughs> yes. So I believe that it was Brooke, you first connected me with Emily Grace. Is that correct? Yes. So how do you all know each other? Emily Grace and I are playground friends. <laughs> are <laughs> is that what you That's yeah. right. That's right. So y'all play together on the playground? Yeah, we do. Okay. I push her on the swings. Yes. No. <laughs> our our children go to school together. Actually, I think we first met at a workout class that was yes. during COVID. Do you remember Boot that? Boot camp. Boot camp. It, it oh met yeah. outdoors because mm-hmm. all the gyms were closed during COVID. And we live close together, so mm-hmm. we were going to that together. And, and now our kids attend school together and yes, get to hang out. And you've been so welcoming to the Shades Mountain community and helping Aww. me get settled and help our kids feel connected. Thank you, friend. Yeah. Yeah, so Emily Grace, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the work that you do, and that will segue into what we're going to talk about today. Okay, sounds good. Um, So I just opened my own counseling business in January called Greenhouse Counseling. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Been counseling at, you know, I started work at a substance abuse treatment center, I worked with college students for a while, and I worked just in a mental health clinic, um, and then I worked in a Christian clinic here in Birmingham Mm -hmm. prior to that, and then opened my own business in January, and I'm really just, I've decided to really focus on women, um, kind of ages 18 to 40, 50, and just the different transitions and struggles that happen during those years. So Mm. I see college students, I see moms who are just struggling with postpartum or just daily parenting issues, relationship issues, um, job, you know, transitions, grief and loss, um, PTSD that, you know, maybe they experienced something as a child and it's coming up later in midlife. So I really just get to journey alongside these women as they are processing their struggles and just I I really provide a safe place for them to be heard and valued. And and that's kind of the idea with the greenhouse. I know Brooke is a gardener and um, (laughs) she understands, but I loved that symbolism of um, a greenhouse being this safe haven away from the harsh elements of life and that um, I want to do that in counseling with women to provide the safe place where they um, they can talk about their struggles and and we we can work towards healing and growth and then flourishing you know you don't usually live in a greenhouse forever you eventually get out and go thrive somewhere else so that's mm. kind of what I seek to do with greenhouse counseling yeah oh, I love that yeah, yeah, I love that. Thanks. Now, you are also a Christian, and so we could have a podcast where you just tell your testimony. You actually do that with our members here where they come in and tell their entire testimony. But just very briefly, would you say a little bit about how you came to faith and then maybe where your family uh, uh, worships in Birmingham? Yeah, definitely. So I did grow up in a Christian home um, and learned a lot about Jesus growing up from my family, um, and going to church and at an early age, you know, said, I believe this, I I want to follow Jesus. Um, I don't know like how much I really understood about that. Mm. Um, but I definitely, I mean, even in high school, I remember my senior year, I had some great friends 
that we would meet together on Friday mornings before school to pray. And I'm like, why? Like, who does that? I mean, I, I, people do that, but it's just, uh, I'm always surprised just God's grace in my life to, even in high school, like be putting believers around me to, to help encourage me. And in college, you know, same thing, had a lot of great um, just Christian friends that helped me grow. Um, and, you know, I think there's obviously different points in your faith journey where things become more real. Um, and you, I mean, I remember as a sophomore in high school, really like feeling the weight of my sin and just mm. that like, okay, me being a good Christian girl is really not what this is about. Mm. And like, I need Jesus. I need him to, to save me and forgive me. And I need him to empower me to walk in obedience. Um, so that was kind of another turning point just in my faith journey, um, to see my need for for a savior and you know and then there I think there's a process of that sanctification that mm -hmm. continues to happen and we'll talk more about that today yes <laughs> yes excited about um, that and then um as far as here in Birmingham we go to Altadena Valley PCA off mm -hmm. Caldwell Mill yeah road um and I am a mom. I didn't say that earlier. I, my job yes. is really only a small part of my life. I work very part-time. So I have a seven-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. Um, and we are in the process of trying to foster slash adopt another child. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's part of who I am. Awesome. So we were able to meet and talk in my office and I was just picking your brain with all of these counseling questions and I was like, you know, it would be great to be able to have you on the podcast and for us to just have a conversation. And so you threw out some different things that we could talk about and one of the things that you threw out was the topic of mom guilt. And Brooke and I have had some conversations, not many, but a few uh, mm -hmm. about this. And so I thought, oh, this would be awesome to get Brooke on the podcast instead of Jonathan and John Mark and get Emily Grace Ames in here and have a conversation about the topic of mom guilt. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I imagine what's going to happen is I'm going to let y'all talk <laughs> You have a and lot of discuss. experience with mom guilt. You know, Brad. I do, but I'm not going to talk about it today. You don't want to share it. <laughs> yes. That's okay. So I think when you told me that, I thought to myself, I'm a great person to ask because I actually have a PhD in mom guilt. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> so, just kidding. <laughs> this might, this might turn into a counseling through. session. It we'll not, see. Yeah, We're let's right. do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that being said, Brooke has... Uh, put together a bunch of awesome questions and so I'm gonna pass the baton to her and we're gonna have a little bit of a conversation I'll probably ask some questions along the way okay great yeah so um Emily Grace I know you work with so many women and I was curious in your interactions with women in your practice um how do you most often see mom guilt affecting the women that you talk to yeah it's pretty amazing because I think I feel like it's a universal issue that if you are a mom, you struggle with this in some capacity. And so I think some of the ways it most often shows up, um, time alone, that seems to be a huge one, that moms feel guilty if they need an hour to themselves, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, 
we feel guilty if we need to take a nap. <laughs> we, you know, you have a newborn that's keeping you up all night, but somehow you still feel guilty if you need to take a nap in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel guilty if we're working and our kids are in daycare. Mm-hmm. And then you feel the guilt of like, man, am I supposed to be at home? Um, we feel g- mom guilt about, you know, just in talking to different friends, like, am I feeding them the right foods? Like, are we getting enough nutritional vegetables in our diet? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do do they read enough books on their level? Um, should I let them play those video games? Um, mm-hmm. There's just all these things, you know, there's... If you have a medical condition, you know, you feel guilty that you can't have the energy you wish you could. Um, Mm -hmm. So it really, I feel like it just spans the board about all kinds of issues, depending on the mom. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I don't think mom guilt is something new, but do you feel like it's more pronounced or there's more pressure today? Like you said, with foods, I'm like, well... We have access to all the healthy foods. I mean, 200 years ago, the yeah. mom was like, rice is what we have. Rice is what you'll eat. So there's no guilt, you know, attached to that. But do you think today with, like, our generation of moms and, like, we have access to the screens and mm-hmm. that can breed guilt with the, you know, using screen time. Ha- do you feel like it's increased or that the pressure is kind of on for women in this phase? I do, and, you know, I obviously don't have, like, statistics to prove that, but I think even just the fact that we have social media the way Mm -hmm. we do. Um, For example, you know, when our moms were feeding us breakfast, did they ever snap a picture and put it on Facebook (laughs) of our cereal? No, they did not. (laughs) But do some of our friends, and, like, friends that I love and I admire that can create avocado toast with a little face and blueberry eyeballs and like this super healthy, cute breakfast. And I'm like, whoa, like maybe I need to be doing that, you know? Mm. And like, we didn't think of like our moms weren't thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think in our generation, we have a lot more of those kind of pressures because it's just like, we see it more. And I think there is an increased pressure of like doing more and being more and be more creative and have a side business and, you know, make homemade uh, banana bread. And, you know, I think there is yeah. a little bit more expectation um, because we see it more. Yeah, I think you're right. If Instagram had been around when I was a kid, it would have been all squares of hamburger helpers. <laughs> <laughs> We love some hamburger helper. Oh in my yeah, house. The, the brown household did as well. <laughs> you know, I still love hamburger helper. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, you know, is is you're talking about mom guilt and this experience of feeling guilty? I'm wondering if you could put some more words to this feeling of guilt hmm. or this experience of feeling guilty. What does that feel like? Or if that feeling had a voice what would that voice be saying yeah well and and I'm going to give you an image I think when you say that it makes me think of like a hiker Mm. that's hiking up this super super steep mountain and they just have this backpack and they have an extra backpack and they have another you know and it's like this weight that you just feel like man, I'm just climbing up here, but I don't, I don't know when I'm getting to the top. And like this load is not 
getting any lighter. Mm -hmm. Um, it's Mm -hmm. just this like fatigue almost. I don't know, Brooke, do you Mm -hmm. have thoughts on feelings to mom guilt? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, uh, a very draining emotion, like the Mm -hmm. feeling of mom guilt. I don't think anyone would say that it's energizing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, and like you say in that image, like the thing that you're trying to attain, like it's, really not clearly defined yes. i guess like perfection is yeah. the thing that you're trying mm. perfection really as defined by like america in 2022 <laughs> yeah you know? and it's almost this mountain you're climbing but you don't see the peak you really you right. don't know where you're going you just feel overwhelmed and with all this baggage and yeah. that you can't really get there because it's yes. these unrealistic expectations yeah i love that image that my next question is right along those lines, Emily Grace. And my question was, you know, we all want to be good moms, but does the mom guilt, does that draining feeling and that weight, do you think or have you seen it serve as a good motivator for positive change or good mothering? Or do you think that it kind of serves just to hold women back in mm-hmm. their mothering role? Is this a trick question? This is a trick <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, There's one right answer. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Well, and I actually, I kind of want to even back up to define this, okay? Because as I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, okay, let's actually look up that word, guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean, okay? So in in my life application study Bible, it's guilt, being responsible for an offense or wrongdoing. Mm. Okay, so when I read that, does that make you think about mom guilt? Well, that word responsible jumped out at me because as a mom, I feel responsible for every single outcome, even uncontrollable outcomes. Yes, (laughs) even though you're sometimes not responsible. Right. So I I thought it would be helpful to look at that as when we talk about guilt, like it's actually that we are responsible for an offense or a wrongdoing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if we, you know, whenever you talk about guilt, you have to talk about shame. Um, right. So if we talk about shame, and, and I love Brene Brown, and she has some amazing work on shame. Um, and, and one of the ways she describes it, from, and this is from her Daring Greatly book, She says, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Mm -hmm. And and so when I was thinking about the difference, I mean, I kind of think what we're really talking about is mom shame. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we are feeling this intense, painful feeling that we are flawed, like we are not a good enough mom, mm-hmm. like we are unworthy of, of being this loving mom to this child, um, as opposed to guilt, like feeling responsible for an actual wrongdoing. Right. Um, and, w- and we can flesh that out more as we go, but um, I think that's where when I think about, you know, what role does this guilt serve in mothering, I mean, I think there certainly is a there's a place for guilt when it is appropriately placed on an offense or a wrongdoing. Exactly, because yeah. a lot of the things you mentioned when you're when you were describing like what you see people talking about mom guilt, you said like working or not yeah. getting enough fe- like 
not giving enough vegetables. These aren't actual wrongdoings no, or offenses. These are often good things. Yeah. So the shame, when you talk about the shame, I just see like a big red inked stamp saying not enough on yes. like the forehead of the mom who's feeling this way. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Because I think that's where, like, we start to identify ourselves, you know, and that's where the the difference with guilt and shame, like, guilt is about something you specifically did. Mm-hmm. Shame is about who you are. And so when you start seeing these statements, and, and we'll talk about it more, but, like, I am the worst mom ever, you know, that mm-hmm. that's this shame about who I am. It's not that I yelled at my kids this morning on the way to school, Okay. And I should have been more patient. So, mm-hmm. so, and that's where when you talk about like, what can guilt do positively? You know, certainly, like when we sin, I think that's part of the Holy Spirit is prompting us to like, well, let's think about that a little more, mm-hmm. and like maybe conviction, conviction, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I think it's very appropriate, like when. And, and I'll use this example because it happens to me. Like, you know, when you're trying to get out the door and you're like, people, like, let's hurry up. We got to go. And people are not hurrying because mm-hmm. you can't make little people move fast. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and you start yelling and you're getting louder and you're impatient. And like, that's where I need, I need guilt. I need that conviction of the Holy Spirit to say, like, all right, Emily, <laughs> like, chill out, calm down. Like, this is not this is not their fault. Like I need to be, I need to have Mm self-control. I don't need to yell at my kids and I can apologize for that specifically. Like, and we'll talk about that more, but, um, you know, identifying Mm. that specific struggle that I was being impatient and I, I got frustrated with y'all and I'm sorry, you know, as opposed to, I am the worst mom ever because I yelled at my kids this morning. Mm. That's the difference. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. What you've done as opposed to who you are. Mm. I like I like that idea of, like, what we do sin against our kids. And what does mm-hmm. that look like in your home? Just, I mean, I have to repent to my kids often. often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like for you? When you, you have done something you know, that you wish you hadn't done with your kids because no mom is perfect. So yeah. how do you, how do you come to your kids? Yeah. You I have mean, healthy I just, guilt. I just have to repent right there, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's an area that God is helping me see that quickly. Like, you know, I think maybe a couple years ago I would have let it fester or not deal with it or try to justify in my head, like, but I'm the mom and they were running behind and they weren't doing what I said. So I should have gotten mad, you know, but, but I feel like God is helping me just like call it what it is in that moment. Like right after I'm yelling, then it's like, whoa, like y'all, I'm sorry. Like I should not have yelled at y'all for that. And, um, I need to be patient. I need to be kind to y'all. Like I, I want to be slow to anger and abounding in love. That's kind of one of the verses in Psalm 103 mm-hmm. that God reminds me of his love and patience with me and that I want to have that towards my kids. Um, and I just ask him, like, will you forgive me for that? You know, and, and we'll pray right there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I think it's sweet because. They are so quick to forgive. Yes, <laughs> they are. I mean, as soon as I say, or, or even sometimes before I say, you know, Jackson will say, I forgive you. 
And I'm just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that even that is God's grace to me. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. it's just like that. Like we are forgiven mm-hmm. and we don't have to have a ruined day because that was how it started. You know, right. like in that moment we're forgiven and like restoring that relationship right there and, and moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful way to, like model the gospel for your kids too. Like you're not presenting yourself as I'm the mom. So I'm perfect. You know, like I'm the mom and I need a rescuer too. Yes. (laughs) So we can model that for them. And then I like how you, you kept it on like God's character, Mm -hmm. you know, like God, this is God's character towards you. I wasn't (laughs) modeling that for you in that moment, but his character hasn't changed. Yes. I think that's so powerful that your kids get to see that. Yeah, and even reminding, you know, I was thinking about that this week, even just, like, how amazing that, like, God is never going to treat you that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, he is a way better, like, parent to you than I could ever be, and I am so thankful for that. So many good things. One of the things that I thought you said that was so helpful is this distinction between false guilt and true guilt Mm -hmm. and the different paths that we (laughs) should take. And so you just talked about true guilt and how in Christ we can acknowledge that because we've wronged someone else, whether that be our child or, or anyone else, uh, that doesn't change who we are. We're still a beloved child of the king, and we are forgiven for that action in him, and we're loved, mm-hmm. and we're accepted by him. And so then that means that within that secure relationship, I can go before the other person, and I can humble myself, and yeah. I can say, I've wronged you and when we're able to do that oftentimes that can be an opportunity for genuine connection yeah. and vulnerability <laughs> and it can be a way of modeling like Brooke talked about uh, and then but there is a kind of false guilt and as you first started uh, talking like one of the things that you said was you feel guilty for taking a nap yeah like in my mind that would fall under the category of false guilt mm-hmm. right that's definitely not a wrongdoing <laughs> <laughs> right and so uh i was just curious to hear your thoughts on uh what how can someone kind of make that distinction in their day in and day out life of like okay what am i even experiencing right now what am i feeling is is this a conviction from the holy spirit or is this kind of a false guilt that's coming from comparison yeah and if it's a false guilt then maybe we respond differently maybe it isn't a call for repentance maybe it's a call for another action yeah what might that be definitely um and one of the things that i do with clients is try to identify whose guilt are you trying to take on Mm. because you know if, if i say you know you hear a lot of moms say well you know my husband's working all day and so i feel guilty that I would ask him to take out the trash at night, you know? And it's like, well, you've been working all day too. Like you've been at home with your your newborn. Like you're at work all day too. It's just in your home. So you're feeling guilty, but is that because of something, like because you feel bad that he's not going to want to do it? So is that really his responsibility? Like, he may love to take out the trash, but but you're already deciding in your head that he doesn't want to and you feel guilty when it's it's really that's up to him to decide. So sometimes just just identifying, you know, 
whose guilt am I trying to be responsible for? You know, if, if you feel guilty that your babysitter is staying later, well, if she agreed to stay later, like, you don't, you don't need to feel guilty for that. Like, she said she's okay with it. So, you know, I think sometimes we want to take on this other guilt mm-hmm. that's really not even ours. And so sometimes that just helps you kind of identify that boundary. Wow, that's good. That's another backpack for that sad little hiker. I know. <laughs> Let uh, me take on, see how many people's guilt I can take on. Yeah. Mm, and I think, Brad, you also said um, comp- comparison, I think, mm-hmm. is another one of those red flags. You know, when I'm comparing the avocado toasts and the blueberries um, <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> like that's a comparison. You know, mm. there, there's not a command in scripture that I need to feed my kids that for breakfast. You know, there's not some law about it. Like it's purely a comparison um, that, that I don't, I don't have to do that. So I think when we, when we catch ourselves like, well, she doesn't take a nap every day, so I shouldn't take one. You know, that's Mm -hmm. another red flag of like, but wait a second, like she's made differently than you are. She may not need a nap, but, it doesn't matter. Like, if you do, then you can take your nap, and it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of guilt stems from legitimate needs that women have. Mm-hmm. You know, we we feel guilty for meeting our own needs. Yeah. When we become moms, it's like our brain flips a switch to, okay, now I exist to meet their needs. And so if I have a need, and I'm meeting that need then I should heap guilt upon my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what would you say to that when you, when women are stuck in a cycle of feeling guilt for meeting their own legitimate needs? Okay, this is the coolest thing ever. I found one time at a store, it's like a prescription pad, but it says self-care RX. So in my office, I we and it has this whole list of self-care things, and when Oh, someone is struggling with that. We get that little prescription pad out. We check it off and, and I hand it to them because sometimes we need that permission of like, right. we just need somebody to say, hey, it is okay. Like this is a legitimate need you have mm-hmm. and it is okay. And and I think you're right. Like as moms, we, we do feel pulled in a lot of directions and like we have all these needs we have. I mean, you're like having to keep a child alive at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's a big deal. <laughs> then you have multiple kids or, you know, you have a lot of responsibilities, but I mean, you can't neglect your own needs. Um, it's the whole, like put the oxygen mask on yourself and then put it on your plane passenger, you know, mm-hmm. right. like if you have no oxygen, you are not going to be able to help that person next to you. And, and so we need to remember that for ourselves with our kids. Like I am a a much happier mom when I can have some time to myself and I feel refreshed Mm -hmm. or if I have a date night with my husband, like I am so much more happy to be, to be around my kids again. I'm more engaged. Like, so Mm -hmm. we've, we've got to recognize what those needs are. And, and remember we're also modeling that for our kids. Like, that, that you have needs too. Right. Like, like my son, he needs some time to himself every day. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's good. Like it's okay to, to need that. So even in us having boundaries and us, you know, 
practicing self-care, we're able to teach our kids how to do that too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I read a study the other day that was talking about overparenting. Have you heard this term? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it was a book I was reading. I was reading a book called The Me, Me, Me Epidemic mm. about entitled children. And all my kids can read now, so they saw me sitting on the couch. <laughs> and my middle child goes, is that about me? <laughs> no way. And I was like, no, I, this is about other people's kids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I was thinking about, you know, get, getting stuck in that cycle of, like, I can't meet my needs. I exist to serve their needs. It's really, it seems like, oh, how sacrificial that lady is. How nice. But it's really not even serving the child very well because mm -hmm. when you're overparenting, it might breed some entitlement. Like, you're entitled to all my time and yeah. I shouldn't. I mean, even in that scene I just told you all about, me <laughs> sitting on the couch, me sitting on the couch reading a book, like, I actually used to feel very guilty about that. And my own mother said, well, if Evie was a mom, that Evie's my child, mm -hmm. and, I, and I thought, my mom said, if Evie was a child, would you want her to get to sit and read a book because she enjoyed it? And I was like, of course. Yes. You know? And so she's like, well, then don't you think you should get to sit and read a book yeah. on the couch? And so like you say, Emily Grace, like, I want my kids to see you know, mom enjoys reading. So she sits on the couch and reads the book and you need to go entertain yourself while she does that. It's a great way to model like self-care and healthy boundaries. And that it's not all about them. Right. Like it's not all about your middle child. Like, right. you know what I mean? I think when we, when we create that as a mom, like it's all about you. Well, mm -hmm. then like we're teaching that to this generation. It is all about you. Like, but no, like the world does not revolve around you. And like there are other people in this family that have needs and like we're working together here, you mm -hmm. know? That's good. I want to ask you, I had a question uh, about like Christian culture and moms okay. because mm -hmm. we touched on this, but like, you know, at the heart of Christianity is self-sacrificial love. But I think and y'all tell me if you agree with this, I feel like it can get a little skewed for women who are mothers, who are believers, um, almost like a martyr complex. Mm -hmm. And so the question that I wrote that I wanted to get your thoughts on, Emily Grace, is we get a lot of conflicting messages as women today, even in the church. Um, are there any messages in today's Christian culture that you think aren't serving women well? And then on the flip side, do you think there are any positives? And when I wrote that question, I was kind of thinking I had seen a T-shirt that said, Eat, Pray, Hustle. <laughs> no. And I was like, I don't know that I like that. Listen, I <laughs> don't, pray, I don't no. wear that shirt often, okay? It was just last <laughs> Brad, Sunday. it was you. <laughs> I won't wear it again. Okay, go, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of like irked by that. I was like, I feel like, is that Christianity? Or is that the American dream yeah. talking a little bit there? So what do you think about that? Okay. Was was someone wearing that shirt? I got to know. Did you see this online or was it someone was wearing it? It was at a workout it? class. <laughs> Eat, pray, hustle. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, yeah. So I, as far as like 
the first part of your question, you know, how do we balance this, like, you know, serving Christ and serving others while taking care of ourselves? It's hard. I mean, mm. that that's the bottom line. Like, it is very hard um, because, I mean, Christianity, like, we're told it's, it's not going to be easy. Like, you, we are called to enter into suffering with people, you know, mm-hmm. to take the time to talk to our next door neighbor um, when we're unloading groceries and we have a million other things we'd rather do. But God wants us to love our neighbors, you know, and, and there's going to be that pull, like, really, this side of heaven, there's going to be that pull mm-hmm. um, because we, we can't do everything. And so I think that's part of my encouragement to moms is, you know, kind of... Um, I was listening to a podcast on risen motherhood. Have you ever listened to any of their stuff? It's a good one. And she was talking about like capacity and calling, you know, kind of identifying, is this part of my calling? You know, like I've got friends that feel called to homeschool. So like that's part of their calling. And then looking at capacity, do we have capacity to do this right now? Okay. I don't have a calling to homeschool. (laughs) So it, it may be easy to think like, well, a lot of people are homeschooling. So should I be homeschooling? But I don't, I don't feel that calling to do that. So mm-hmm. I think we have to kind of check, is this something that God is really calling me to do? You know, as far as like volunteering for VBS or, you know, singing on the praise team or handing out goodie bags. Like there's all these things. And I think we have to just be intentional with, you know, where is God calling me to in this season? Um, and, and looking at capacity, like, yes, maybe I do feel a calling to uh, minister to our neighbors, but this is not the season to start a weekly breakfast with them, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't have capacity for it. So I think we need to kind of identify those things and, um, were you going to say something, Brooke? You looked like you wanted well, to Well, no, in. I was just, my wheels were turning as you were talking, and I'm mm. still hearing that underlying, underlying, like, comparison yeah. when you're talking about this. Like, yeah. what is she doing? What is she doing? Mm. And yeah. so I feel like comparison is a root here with the mom guilt that Definitely. we're talking about. Definitely. Um, so, so certainly we're going to say yes to things that, that we feel called to do and and we're going to have to say no to some things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think maybe sometimes in Christian culture, we feel like we have to say yes to everything because there's a need. They need somebody. Well, I got to do it. Mm -hmm. Like they need a meal. I got to be the one to, you know, but, but as the church is the body of Christ, we all have a different role to play. So, you know. We don't need 12 fingers, like we need 10. And so we don't have to be the one that's always doing that thing because there may be somebody else in the body that wants to step up. Right. Or needs to step up, you Mm. know? Um, So does that answer the question as far as? Yeah, I think that's so good. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you're supposed to serve. You're supposed to serve. But capacity and calling that's mm-hmm. really good mm. and just thinking about different seasons of motherhood that there will right. be seasons that are harder and, and we may not be able to do as much in the church um but but not neglecting you know the reading the word and praying and fellowship with believers and you know the things that are important and and that god commands us to you know i think that's where we go back to scripture and say like is god really calling me to do this 
and to be obedient? Or is this just kind of an extra thing that maybe this is not the time for? Right. You can't have it all, all the time. No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like women were told like, you can have it all, you know, you can do, you can work and you can be a mom and your house can look great and you can exercise and you can feed your kids all the vegetables. But like, you really can't have it all, all the time. Yeah. I mean, you may, every you season. may do all those things and you will be really stressed or. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I say the positive message? Oh, please that, do. Um, Wait, can I say oh. one more about the negative? Yes. Because I want to hear your yes. thoughts. <clears throat> You know, one of the things that I think the enemy loves to do is to twist scripture Mm -hmm. and to do so in a way where we don't even realize that we are harming ourselves or we aren't walking faithfully, but we think we are. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that I think that can happen is when we think about something like self-care and self-sacrifice, where we see them in opposition to one another. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to... Um, put others before myself, then that means that I can't practice self-care and self-care is just this kind of um, secular psychology, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, what have you. And so we resist that. And then what I've seen is um, pastors who burn out or leaders that burn out and maybe even a kind of, you talked about uh, 10 uh, fingers instead of 12. And I think about how at times for myself, I've uh, worked myself to death or taken on other people's roles out of a need that I felt to prove something to somebody mm-hmm. or to prove something to myself. And I actually wasn't receiving the grace and the kindness of the Lord And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts about this idea of self-care and self-sacrifice not being in contradiction to one another, but both being biblical ideas. Yeah, I mean, they are. I think it's also, you know, if you don't like the self-care term, I mean, you could say stewardship. Mm, Yeah. So good. Like God wants us to steward what he's given us. And and part of what he's given us is our body. Like... Mm -hmm. So when we talk about needing rest, like he made our body to need rest, you know, that that's not some selfish thing. Like it's mm. just part of how we're made. Yep. Um, so just kind of going back to like we were made in his image. We are his workmanship and and we want to take care of that, you know, just like we would want to take care of other things he's made and of of the world he's made. And I mean, you could go on about that. Totally. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I think another category that's been helpful as I've talked with people is the idea of human finitude. Mm. Oh yes. Limitations. Limitations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, earlier as you were talking about all the mom guilt examples, a lot of those, as you were talking, I'm like, that's just the reality of human finitude. Yeah. That we aren't God. (laughs) Right. And that we we can't do it all. Right. And so I think it can be I think it can be helpful to to kind of quiet the lies of the enemy to say, okay, let's actually look at what scripture says about these things. Mm -hmm. And is, you know, self-care in the way that we're talking about it, is that selfish or is that actually honoring to God? Because a lot of times I think people 
think something's selfish or they're disobeying God when really doing something is honoring and pleasing to him. I think that can be a helpful category shift. Yeah, and the term stewardship, that yeah, just throws so the too. guilt right off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's God honoring when you put it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the other important thing, just like any struggle we have or that we're dealing with is having people in our life that will speak truth to us and and even just being a part of a body where you can you can ask that question like to your spouse or to a friend that you you know meet with for accountability or to a pastor like hey i'm struggling with knowing you know is this girl's trip weekend like is this selfish for me to want to do this like help me think about this you mm-hmm. know in a god honoring way and I mean, that's, we need each other for that because sometimes we are so set in our mindset and in the patterns we have, good or bad, you know, that we don't recognize that. So we desperately need other people to speak in um, to the guilt or shame or to mm. the things we're struggling with to help us see, you know, how do I honor God in this situation? Mm-hmm. So good. When I'm running around with 12 fingers trying to do all the things... <laughs> Or as one of my hilarious mom friends says when I'm running around like my hair's on fire. Yes. <laughs> I'll say, how are you today? She'll go, oh, I've just been running around like my hair's on fire. Um, <laughs> I feel like at the root of it is a lack of faith in yeah. God to provide. Mm-hmm. For example, when you're saying, you know, sign up for all the things at church. Do I not trust that God has a body for a reason and someone else will step in to fill the need and God will fill the need somehow? Mm -hmm. Or with my children. Okay, if I don't sit and read the 20 minutes every day, they'll fall behind on reading and Mm -hmm. then they'll get on drugs. And so, (laughs) I mean, I literally can project 20 years down the road, Mm. you know, with with, because, yep. (laughs) And that was my responsibility, and I failed. And so I think a lot of the guilt, the unhealthy guilt, stems for me from just a lack of faith and trust Mm -hmm. in Father God to work things out. And it comes down to, like, I put myself on the throne of being God in my children's lives. It comes down to me to make things work out well. It comes down to me, and I'm... I'm usurping the role of God Mm -hmm. in doing that. Mm. So it's just, for me, it's a lack of faith oftentimes and then just projecting out outcomes. Mm -hmm. If I don't sit and play with them, oh, if I'm doing the dishes, I should feel bad because I'm not playing with them. But if I'm playing with them, I should feel bad because I'm not doing the dishes. Right, (laughs) right. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, We're going to continue with the conversation, but first, we're going to take a brief break to do what we call here at Shades Valley a lightning round. (laughs) Did you know we had those awesome special effects? (laughs) I feel like the lights need to flicker or something. That's right. I'll go do the switch. Emily Grace, you have entered the lightning round zone. Here at Four Stream Studio, are you ready to go? <laughs> I don't know, Brad. I don't like thinking on the spot, but I'm going to try. I'm well, try. that's what the lightning round is all about. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you will be stretched in this segment. Okay. Here we go. How do you like your eggs? Yes. 
scrambled with extra cheese. Oh, me too. That's the best. <laughs> what was your favorite toy growing up? Mm, I loved to play with Barbie dolls. I mean, my mom said I could spend hours in, like, my own world orchestrating everybody's lives in Barbie world. <laughs> yep. I love it. Name a pet peeve. Mm, should I pick on Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that your husband? That's my husband. Yeah, totally, um, then. Picking, your brain went right to Brandon. Picking <laughs> nails. And maybe it's because I grew up with a family member that would pick their nails all the time. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, can we just sit? Like, can we just be still? <laughs> I, I val- Obviously, I value stillness. Yes. <laughs> Love that. What's the most beautiful place you have ever been? Oh, Switzerland. My mm. husband and I went on our 10-year anniversary and went hiking, and it was just incredible. So beautiful. Oh, sounds amazing. I want to go to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Did you eat chocolate? Is yes. that Switzerland yes. that's famous yes. for chocolate? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Love it. Let's see. If you could only watch one TV show on repeat for the rest <laughs> of your life, what would that be? <laughs> that's it's funny. A, it's a tough one. Because we don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, but I think The Office is hilarious. Hey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel like Brad is pleased Sorry. with that answer. Okay. Yes, I'm a big So was the fan. audience. The audience liked that. The audience <laughs> liked it too, yes. <laughs> Couldn't contain them. All right. What would you choose for your last meal? Ice cream. <laughs> just, just ice cream. Just ice cream. Pile it on. Pile it on. I love it. That might be my favorite answer yet. All right. This one's going to ask for a little bit of vulnerability. Okay. What's the fastest speed you've ever driven a car? Fastest speed? I have no idea. It's eighty. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I I think that might be the slowest answer <laughs> we've ever gotten. No shame at all. No so shame you know, at all. I'm a, I'm a rule follower. <laughs> I don't even I mean, think they'll 80. give you a ticket for eighty. <laughs> Yo, wait. Oh. Well, that's a whole nother story. Like my mom, when I was learning to drive. She would literally have to be like, all right, you need to go a little faster. Like, <laughs> go a little faster. <laughs> oh, 80, I love it. Okay. Let's see. Outs- okay, this is a tough one, too. Outside of the Bible, so this is excluding the Bible, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Who would you choose to sit down with and have ice cream? Okay. It doesn't have to be someone famous, does it? It does not. It can be whoever okay, you want to be. Okay, so my grandmother, um, mm. my mom's mom, died of breast cancer before I was born. Mm. Actually, in my mom's 20s. Mm. Um, and I just would love to meet her. And I think we would have a lot in common. And it would just be a, a sweet time. So, mm. hands down, I want to hang out with her. We'll wow. be, we're going to be singing in heaven together, though. Oh, yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> a beautiful answer. All right. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Who would play me in a movie of my life? Um, well, I love Ellie Holcomb. <laughs> so could she play me and just sing Wait, my life? Now, Make it this? a musical. Oh, it's going to okay, be a yeah. musical. I was thinking Ellie and Drew Holcomb, right? Yes. That's right. Okay. Is yes. she an actress? She's not. But in my, in my movie, <laughs> she would be. That's great. Because she would it'd sing. Be a, it'd be a I musical. I would love that. Yes. That'd be amazing. Okay. And last one. Desert Island, all right? You can take three books. We 
we, once again, we're excluding the Bible. What three books are you taking with you? Hmm. Okay. I need some sort of survival book. Okay. <laughs> oh, practical. <laughs> practical. No, I want to know, no like, doubt. what plants can I eat? How do we get off of this island? So we need that. I need some kind of um, maybe a funny book. I don't have a really good answer on this one. <laughs> I need something funny because if you're stuck on a desert island, you yeah. need to be able to yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a hymn book because oh. good one. we could sing some songs while we're there. Love that. Love that. Well, you have survived the lightning round. Great job. All right. We made it. (laughs) Extremely well done. All right. It's always a smooth transition back into the the topic of conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't finish that answer on the other question. Oh. So I have to say the good news because you said yes. Yes. Like, That's we right. hear yes. some negative messages. That's so right. Messages. I interrupted you. What are some positive messages? Um, yes. Okay. Some things that I have heard that I love. Um, you know, we are not super mom. Mm. Okay. Sometimes we want to mm. say, like, you're super mom. But, like, but you don't have to be. You know, you don't have to take on that, that title. Like, it's okay to just be normal. <laughs> just be... <laughs> Just be Brooke mom. Yeah. Okay. Mm, like that can put <laughs> a weight. Mom. Yeah. It can put some extra pressure. Mm. Um, that we are not going to be perfect this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Like if you just let that sink in, like I'm going to keep making mistakes. Like that's part of being in this fallen world. You know, certainly we want to be growing and God is sanctifying us as we are seeking him. But like, we're ultimately not going to be finished until heaven, until he takes us home. Um, and what kind of segues with that is that quote, I don't know if y'all have heard that we are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. So I get this image of like, you know, have you ever been out to the botanical gardens when they have the artists out there? Yes. And they're sitting there with their easel and they're painting. And it's just this incredible landscape that's just coming to life on their page. You know, it's not done. Like, it's a work in progress. But it is also a masterpiece. Like, it is beautiful. And that that is what, that is what we are like. You know, like, we are this beautiful workmanship, this poema you know the the word more but this like handmade by god um but we're also this work in progress that he is working with us you know like um that he is the the potter and we are the clay another art image um so i think that's just encouraging to remember that like it's okay to still be that work in progress um Mm -hmm. but that you're also still a masterpiece in that yeah that's beautiful I was thinking about um, when you were talking about, you know, feeling the need to be complete and perfect on this side of heaven. One of the things that has just taken the pressure off me in my motherhood journey is just breaking more and more free from like works based Christianity. So I was kind of living this works based Christianity. And of course, I carried that over into my mothering. Mm-hmm. And so for me, just delving deep into more into the gospel is mm-hmm. what has really blessed me more than anything. Yeah. 
and my mothering, not reading parenting books, which I do, and I do like those, actually. Mm-hmm. My daughter, my oldest, she's such a reader. The other day she said, are you ever going to check out a fun book? All you read oh. is parenting books. <laughs> and I was like, well, I enjoy parenting, so those <laughs> books are fun for me to read. That's but right. I actually did. I took her suggestion, and I checked out a book on Regency England, and it has been very oh, interesting. Fun. I love that. Yeah, you guys should check it out. Fun. <laughs> you might not care about that like I do. But anyway, so I took her suggestion. But yeah, just you know, understanding more of the gospel, and in the gospel, the pressure is off, yeah. you know, and so that's really blessed my mothering. Has that affected you and your mothering, just yes. understanding, like, the work of Christ and who we are in Christ? Yeah, and, and I think when you get down to, like, what's the root behind, you know, why do I feel bad about this? Like, when I just yelled at my kids, why do I feel so, like, terrible about that? And sometimes I think it's it's because I think God's mad at me now. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't love me as much now because he saw what I did, you know. And that that's so not true. Right. Like, that is, like, that is the very thing that Jesus died to save me. Like, because I could not be perfect, <laughs> mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to um, question God's love for me when I mess up. Um, because he already knows that like when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we were not doing anything good, um, to, to get, to earn his love. Right. And, and we're not, we're not going to right now either. Yeah. Mm. Mm, That's so good. You know, one of the things I was thinking as you were talking is, so I just took a course on human development. So it's fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me was just that kids don't have, this um, kind of abstract definition of mom or dad. That mom or dad is very much defined within their primary relationship and who is raising them and Mm -hmm. who is responding to them. And that's how they come to this knowledge of mom or dad. And so in in some sense, kids don't experience an a bad or abnormal childhood in the sense that the childhood they experience is just the childhood that they know or the the parent relationship they have is just the parent relationship that they know. That's not to say that there aren't harmful things that can happen to kids. It's just Mm -hmm. to kind of look at it from their perspective. What I've seen in, in ministry is a lot of times people can take their parents and then project that onto God as father. Mm -hmm. And so maybe their earthly parents, even if they were, Devout Christians. I mean, devout Christians can be very anxious people. Yeah. Uh, devout Christians can be very judgmental people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that can happen in the church, within the body of Christ. Right? It's just a reality. But what I find is people can take that and then project that onto God, and they don't realize it, but um, their heavenly father is essentially this eternal projection of their earthly father. And so mm-hmm. they tend to interact with God like they do their earthly father or mother, and then maybe even they parent unconsciously like their parents did if uh, without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious if you've maybe seen any of that or if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think we naturally just do what is comfortable or what we've seen. You know, we parent in a way that um, we were parented or we see that worked. Um 
I, I do think that's something, and this kind of circles back to, you know, the Christian culture message right now. I mean, I do mm-hmm. feel like we are talking about our sin more. And, and I, I feel like maybe in our parents' generations, it was more of a, like, mom and dad are right. Like, you're going to listen, and we, what we say goes, and, like, we don't make a mistake mm-hmm. kind of, like, feel um, for some homes. And, and I, I do think now, at least in circles that I'm in, in Christianity, we are talking about our sin and mm-hmm. we're talking about like, no, I'm not like mommy's not perfect and daddy's not perfect. Like, but Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So even just that contrast of yeah. like, I mean, you know, that message of, um, you know, what you really need is a perfect savior. It's not a perfect mom. <laughs> like, yeah. you need a perfect savior. We all do. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I heard two uh, Christian psychiatrists, a child psychiatrist, that were, I guess it was on a podcast. I, I read so many parenting books, you know, <laughs> I never know where I heard something. Uh, but it was like a panel, and a parent asked, like, okay, just tell me, like, what percentage of the childhood outcome? rests on me which I I loved that mom because I was like that is so me like just make me a list and tell me what (laughs) how's this gonna pan out yeah uh but they said they thought for a minute and they like conferred and they were like I don't know maybe like 27 to 30 (laughs) percent and I was like well that really to me that was like the pressure is off you know I'm not God Mm -hmm. God is writing the story of my kids lives and everything in my life, you know, I wasn't parented perfectly. I love my parents, but no one is a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. God recycled every single thing for good yeah. mm. in my life. And do I have faith that he's doing that in the lives of my children? Right. Or am I sitting on the throne and, you know, yeah. I'm the God in their lives and I have to get everything right. But he really, he really is working for their good. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to carry all those bags up that hill yeah and mm-hmm. i mean the gospel would say we're at the top of the hill already mm-hmm. you know he put us right right there on top and he carried jesus carried the bags for us yes <laughs> you know and and what i love what i think is so redeeming like when we are able to repent before our children and and have these conversations about like mommy was impatient and Um, like we are modeling what it looks like to repent, you know, Yeah. so that when they have a faith of their own, like they know what to do when they mess up, like they know, Mm. like we got to go to Jesus, like, and it's not this like, oh man, like I'm supposed to be perfect. I shouldn't have done that. Like, it's just this natural, like, oh man, like I need Jesus. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're teaching them that like God is using, our shortcomings, you know, even to further the gospel in our kids. Yeah, mm. that's beautiful. Even that gets recycled for good yes, for yes. them. Definitely. Brooke, my thought is we probably have time for two more questions because we want to be respectful of Emily yes. Grace's time. And we could stay here all day and talk. There's no doubt about that. We'll probably have to have her back on. I think we're seeing yeah. that for round two of more it. questions. Okay. Yeah, I think. And, and I would, I also, at some point, I want to talk about some practical 
things. Yeah, what? How to that leads to my question. All right. Yeah. We yeah. are we're on the same wavelength here. <laughs> I, pr- practically, I wanted to ask you personally, Emily Grace, what are your personal favorite mental habits to combat mom guilt? When it strikes, mm-hmm. what do you do in that, in that brain of yours, in that brain? And yeah, and I'll just tell you like, honestly for me, and then what I also just help other women with, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's recognizing that, um, you know, what is that nagging feeling about like, and kind of getting underneath it, like, you know, okay, why am I so frustrated that we're running late? Like start there. Why am I so frustrated about that? Oh, it's because I care what the school thinks when I sign my kid in late. Or I care what, you know, the client thinks if I'm running late, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm valuing people's opinions more than the way I treat my kids. Wow, that's good. So I think you really have to peel back that layer of like, why is this bothering me? And Mm -hmm. what's underneath that? Like, what is the lie that Satan is trying to tell me right now. Um, and, and what is truth in that? Okay. So like, where's the lie? Uh, where's the truth? Okay. Truth is, yeah, I probably should have like accounted for a little bit more time this morning, (laughs) you know, and, and tomorrow I'm going to add a little extra time so that we're ready. Okay. So kind of identifying, is there some truth in whatever happened and can I change that? Um, but then what is the lie that I just need to not believe? Like, does me running late make me a bad mom? No, it doesn't. And, and sometimes I have to say that out loud. Like, I have to confess that, pray through it. Um, I have to tell a friend, like, I am struggling about this. Or tell my husband, um, I'm, I'm really beating myself up about the way I treated the kids. You know, and, and then offering that you know, or inviting in that perspective of someone else speaking truth to me or praying for me. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what helps. Um, and then having, you know, I encourage people to have a couple go-to like verses or a song or even that, that quote I read earlier about the work in progress, like Mm -hmm. having something that kind of centers you and brings you back. Like, okay, God loved us while we were still sinners. Like he loved me first. Like when I was doing nothing right, um, I have to kind of come back to that truth um, and and remember what my goal is in mothering, you know, and and I encourage other moms to think about that. Like is my goal of mothering that my kids are on time to every event of their life? (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not. I mean, in that moment, that feels like a really big priority. But like in the big picture, that's not my goal. Like I want my kids to see Jesus and I want him to know like God's love for them. So even in that repentance, like I'm showing them God's love for them. And Mm -hmm. that's my goal. It's not about being on time. So I think, you know, Mm -hmm. we just we've got to kind of refocus what our goal is and how to 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 walk in that. Yeah. Well, Emily Grace, you when you said get underneath what's going on with that emotion mm-hmm. or that behavior and then you can peel back those layers so eloquently. <laughs> and so I want to say, you know, cuz you're a counselor and you and I think you're probably naturally gifted at that and you've had a lot of practice. So I mean, I just want to encourage moms, you know, you might need help 
getting there. Yeah. Getting mm-hmm. underneath what's what's going on. Yeah. Especially like if things are becoming um, maybe a little bit of a habit or a mm-hmm. feeling that you're feeling often. So I think um, for me, counseling has helped me peel back those layers so many mm-hmm. times. Just having somebody who's really adept at doing that like you are. Well, even just sometimes I find that once clients just speak it out loud and even just asking them like, well, why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. And just giving them that space, you know, they can come to that conclusion on their own, but right. it's just taking the time and space to sit in that and think about it, you know? Um, but, but that's true. Like it, sometimes it is helpful to have someone that's on the outside that can kind of help you see, you know, what your priorities are or where that struggle is. Mm. Yeah. One of the things that my counselor pointed out to me as I was reflecting on an experience, just to back up Brooke's point about how having someone else help you through this can be so good, is I was talking about the experience and he just very kindly kind of stopped and he said, oof, you have a lot of judgment towards yourself. Mm. And that just caused me to see how I was talking to myself so content-wise, it was pretty solid in what I was saying, but man, was I angry towards myself. Yeah. And, and that's the tone that I had. And then from, from that point on, there'll be moments where he's like, ooh, that kind of sounds like judgmental Brad. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's uh, really helped me do is, as you were talking through the situation, you were very calm. You're, you know, you're kind of reflecting. You were, you were kind towards yourself as you were speaking. But so often, we don't have that kind of calmness yeah. or that kind of perspective towards ourselves. And so that was helpful just observing you do that and um, how in that very intense, because I think about the anxiety that comes up in that situation, mm-hmm. all the feelings that come up in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so the intensity of the voice that's in our head. And so to be able in the midst of that to take a deep breath yes. <laughs> and have yeah. kind of an adult conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with yourself, with yourself. Yeah. It, it <laughs> takes, I think it's a muscle. Mm-hmm. But when it's practiced over and over again, it's stronger. It's stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I tell y'all something funny that I pray every single morning? Yes. I have a very harsh inner judge, and I picture her as a mean old lady. That's me, but she's mean and old, and she wears mm. a really tight bun. Her bun is so <laughs> tight, mm. and it, there's never a hair askew. And uh, every morning I pray, Jesus, could you just tell her to shut up <laughs> right now? <laughs> For the rest of the day, I won't be needing her input. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Even just having a mental yeah. image, I think it also kind of yeah. separates that identity. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is not all of who I am. Like, this is this part of myself that's really critical. Yeah. yeah. And I think that can help us see, okay, is this coming from the Holy Spirit? And I think sometimes that exactly. can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, if it's I condemning, if it's angry if it's harsh yes right it's like okay this is not from the holy spirit yeah. then. if it's punitive rather than exactly you know flourishing and growing and yes. changing transforming from, exactly. from love yeah if it does if it brings hopelessness mm-hmm. instead of hope. i'll never you'll never change yeah exactly. that's definitely and not yeah. holy spirit right <laughs> and is yeah, it yeah. something you would tell your friend that was struggling yeah. You know, we want to be so gracious with our friends, but do we give that same grace to ourselves? So yeah. good. We, I was going to say, keep going. I, you was you had some other things you were going to say? Some other things. Well, you you talk first, Brooke, and then I'll oh, see if no. I have anything. Else. I was moving on to my <laughs> last question, so okay, please yeah, tell us. Okay, yeah, that's good. Sorry, we got caught up again. Well, just we love to hear. Kind of going back to the um, 
the what does the gospel do with all this? You know, I was reading a couple articles um, about you know that John Piper's done about guilt, and and I just love like even the title of this article: "God drove a nail through your guilt." Mm. And he That's just great. breaks down the Colossians 2, 13 through 14. Can I read that? Please. Go um, for it. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. Okay, so when you were dead, God made you alive. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And I just love that image of like God drove a nail through your guilt. Mm-hmm. That we mm-hmm. we have to to go back to that, you know, that it's um, like it's it's paid for, and it and our standing with God is not dependent on um, you know how much we struggle as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And when you read that about he canceled the code, of course, I'm sure that's talking about, is that talking about the Mosaic law? Mm. However, the code of being a good mom in 2020, I would say he also canceled that code (laughs) of doing all the things right and all the avocado toast. Yeah. The I works-based righteousness of, of avocado toast. Of yes. Brooke's very next book. That's my next book. Brooke's yes. and Emily's next book. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Um, where Where is it in the Bible, Brad, where oh boy. it's a thing about Paul's like, I don't care, you know, they're arguing over who follows Apollos and who follows Paul. And he's like, yeah, I don't care what you think of me. First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. I read that the other day. And I love how Paul basically, this is heavily heavily Brooke just saying what what I thought of it but Paul's like I don't I don't care what you think of me I don't even care what I think of myself and he says I don't even judge myself Mm -hmm. and I circled that because I had been praying about oh God shut up the harsh inner judge and I want to and Paul's like I only believe what Christ has done about me Mm -hmm. I don't care what you think I don't even care what I judge about myself so that was really freeing to read because I don't have to live according to other people's opinions. Right. I don't have to live up to comparisons. I don't even have to go around pleasing my inner judge. I can mm-hmm. just, what Christ says about me mm-hmm. is the truest thing about me as a person and as a mom. And he loves you no matter what. Mm. That's so good. Mm. Well, are you ready for my last and yes. favorite question? <laughs> All right. The last question is, what was your favorite mom moment this week? Because we've talked a lot about the, <laughs> the the struggles and the trials, but there's so much joy in motherhood. So what was your favorite mom moment this week? Well, I know. Week? I'm like, what kind of moment? Like, do you want a moment of working this out or just a, a just sweet a fun, moment? Yes, just a thing where you are just enjoying motherhood. Um, okay, this is funny. Uh, this year, so both of my kids have fall birthdays. And that's such a busy time, like with Halloween and Thanksgiving and just feels busy. And then you have Christmas. So they get all this stuff multiple times in the fall. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. I was like, let's do half birthday celebrations. (laughs) (laughs) Because then we can have a little celebration in the spring. And 
get something fun and just I see the need in my own life for more like celebrating and fun I mean even like what you were saying reading these like practical books and I want my practical survival guide book on the island (laughs) (laughs) um but fun is important well you included your funny book that's true you're good to go on your island (laughs) um but yeah just like intentionally creating moments of joy and celebration and fun um and so we were like let's Annie Lynn yesterday was her half birthday. She's five and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> and kids love for you to know about the half. Yeah. Like they want full credit. So for that we half made a, a year. big deal about her half birthday and Brandon got her flowers and wrote her this sweet note. Sweet. And then we went to shout out for Bluff Park ice cream. It's like the best place ever. I agree. Um, I've never been. I got to check it oh, out. Oh, Brad. Brad. I noticed he Correct was quiet when I said that. This Thank episode you. is brought to you by Bluff Park <laughs> Ice Cream. <laughs> you need to go. They have some amazing flavors. Um, so it was really fun. So that was what, what we were going to do to celebrate. We just went. We got ice cream. And then we, you know, we drove Brandon's truck and took it over to the bluff right by Tip Top Grill. And it was at oh, sunset, and so we all magical. sat in the back of the truck, and it was cold, so we had our blankets and our ice cream, and the ice cream that's melting all the way down the <laughs> cone. <laughs> and we just ate our ice cream and watched the sunset, and it was just such a beautiful moment, like so simple, but just so sweet, and just makes you thankful for you know these people in your life, and you know then we talked about you know, creation and how God made this beautiful sunset and we prayed together and I mean, it was just a sweet time. Um, so, so that was a, a highlight of the week for sure. That is so special. Mm. Brad, please tell me you watched the sunset over tip top. I've never done it before. Okay. Hey. Take Jordan. But now mm-hmm. I'm feeling, I, now I'm feeling some husband guilt. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally that's our next episode. Our next episode yeah. <laughs> um, don't you feel like, I think that's yeah. the most beautiful sunset in all of Birmingham. Well, and no yeah. one was there. And we were like, how is nobody here right now? Mm-hmm. It's usually it's pretty beautiful. packed. Wow. Yes. Need to do that. Yeah. I'll have to go. Okay. Well. I love that. I love Annie Lynn, by the way. <laughs> Your, her daughter, Annie Lynn, I've never seen her without like either sparkly high heels on <laughs> or a tiara. Or a tutu. Yeah. She's <laughs> a very, um, what's the word? Accessorized. Yes. Uh, well, Emily Grace, thank you so much for your time. We have kept you till the very end, the very last oh, moment. No, you're yes. good. S- but say that there's someone that's listening to every everything that you're saying, and they're like, I do think I need some help. I would like to meet with someone. How could they get in contact with you or schedule an appointment? Yeah. Well, and if, if somebody is listening that feels like, oh, I'm struggling with all this, like, I just want to encourage them that they're not alone. Like Mm. this is such, um, this is an issue that a lot of people face. So I think that's, it's great that we're talking about it, that um, people know they're not alone at all in this struggle. Um, And if, you know, if they want to meet with me, uh, my website is greenhouse-counseling.com. They can read more about my bio and my approach, and then there's a little inquiry form on there. If they're interested, they can fill out, and then I'll contact them with information to schedule an appointment. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brooke, for leading today. Thank you, Emily Grace, for coming again. This has been such a blessing. I have benefited from it. So I know that moms everywhere will, for sure. (laughs) Good. Yes, and we definitely want to have you back 
But thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Well, and I just appreciate y'all having me. And I think it's great just that your church is talking about real important things that are going on in people's lives, you know, and that y'all create that safe place um, to, to be vulnerable and to be human. So thank y'all. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Shades Midweek. If you have any questions for Emily Grace, email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. We will get those questions to her. Thanks for listening.